Welcome to the Barnabas Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Coy Brown. We are back on video. Uh, I am grateful to be here. I'm glad that you are that you're joining. This will be on YouTube, and this will also uh, I'll probably upload to Facebook as well. Uh, I want to welcome everyone back to the Barnabas Speaks Podcast. Uh, and if you have not uh, been uh, around the past few weeks, we've been talking about some different things. But before, let me get ahead and do my intro. The Barnabas Speaks Podcast is a podcast about encouragement, a podcast about empowerment, a podcast about faith. Uh, Barnabas Speaks, that's what this podcast is. My name is Cloyd Brown. Uh, and you can find me at all my uh, social media uh, is going to be my, my Instagram is at Cloyd Brown. My Facebook is Cloyd S. Brown. And my Twitter is at Gentleman Cloyd. I'd like to welcome everyone uh, that is uh, listening. I'm grateful for everyone that's come out. And just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we are here another week. Uh, I started this a series a while back uh, entitled um, What Now? And the series, this is before, this is when COVID really kind of kicked off. It was before all of the things as far as uh, the the, the death of George Floyd, uh, the the not the death, the murder of George Floyd, uh, the murder of Breonna Taylor, uh, the the incident in Central Park with Amy Cooper. Uh, this was before most of these things happened, and this is before uh, we found out really about Ahmaud Arbery, and. I was like, what now? What does the Christian do now? Uh, you, you're saved, you have welcome, uh, you have invited uh, Christ into your life. And so what do you do now uh, that, uh, that uh, I'm just doing some maintenance here. Uh, what do you do now that uh, you've accepted Christ? What do you do now that you have allowed, uh, that you have welcomed Christ into your life and now you've, you've accepted Christ, and now what do you do? What do you do with all of this? What do you do with the fact that you, you accepted Christ and, and the, the preacher told you that everything was going to be okay? The preacher told you that if you would just, uh, if you believe that uh, God is going to make everything just, it's going to be better. It's going to be easier. You don't, it's, you, don't, you don't have to worry anymore. And now you are worried because the bills are still due and, and you still have to deal with the addiction problem. You still have to de- deal with your promiscuity. You still have to deal with uh, the, the, the divorce and you still have to deal with uh, the, the guilt from your past. You still have to deal with these things and now what? And we talked about a few things and then uh, in the midst of COVID, everything kind of broke loose in our nation as far as uh, the, the, the police shootings and the, the, the murders. And it began a movement. And I am of the belief that we should not let this be a 24-hour news cycle thing. This, If we're going to be about change, we're going to be about move, pushing uh, things forward. It cannot be a 24-hour uh, news cycle and we're on to something else. Something else has passed. And we just uh, celebrated Juneteenth, uh, which was uh, is in June 19th, where... Uh, we are celebrating the fact that all of the the, the, the final slaves were were emancipated in uh, and uh, in Texas, uh, and it, it happened in Galveston, Texas, which is crazy because that's the place I've been to. And I I was listening to a famous theologian today, uh, 
a my friend, my 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 brother, who I really want to have on this podcast sooner rather than later, uh, brother, uh, elder deacon, my brother, uh, Kevin Hill. Uh, I want to have him on the podcast. We can have a discussion, so I need to plan that because we are both uh, very active fathers and active family men, and so we have to schedule that. And so I want to have him on it sooner than later. And we were he gave me. I'm not going to give a theologian's name, but uh, he gave me a video from. He shared with me a video from a very uh, famous theologian. Uh, when I say famous theologian, I mean that famous in the sense of he's wrote a lot of uh, books on theology and religion. And actually, when I was in seminary, uh, I've, I've read some of his books. And uh, I actually have one of his books. I actually enjoyed one of his books. Uh, and it was on uh, a certain topic that, that worked with me on uh, pastor, pastoral theology. And so I listened to what he said. And they were asking him, how do you basically manage as a pastor, as a preacher, as a Christian? What do you do? during this time of dealing with the sin that is racism and what do you do as, as a Christian? And his, his statement was that just be a Christian. Uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and his, his, his statement was just be a Christian. Uh, you're a Christian first. All of that washes away. And you can't do anything about the past. You can't change the past, but you are now a Christian now. And just focus on that. And I had some problems with his, his, his philosophy, his theology, the thing that he was stating, because it overstates his fact is that, yes, in a perfect world, we would live in unison and, and be a true Christian body. Uh, in a perfect world, we would uh, live in a way that it is not that we are, that, that, that we're not dealing with the, the sins of the past. But the problem, the challenge becomes that it does not deal with the reality is that there are people that, that say that they are brothers and sisters in Christ and they still live with racism in their heart. And we still have to deal with the, the systematic uh, the, the systematic racism that is built uh, within this country. And how do we deal with that? How do we, how do we truly deal with the fact that this is still prevalent and it still affects us. Even we've accepted Christ, but it still affects us to this day. It still affects us and even and, and our worship and even and it affects our children where they go to school. And this is the systematic racism. Uh, this is not the, I'm not talking about the, the uh, overt, uh, in your face, you've called me the N word or you've called me this. What do you do? And I wonder, I want to broaden the, the, the thing even, even beyond racism. We even think about the, the patriarchal society that we live in, where uh, women daily have to deal with 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 uh, sexism, and it's once again it's not overt. There's some overt. Let me get it right. But then there is is it's where it's systematically put into the system that they have to deal with each day, and they they are Christians and they love God. But what now? How do they deal with this? And we are the body. And the, 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 the scripture tells us that, that the strong should bear the infirmities of the weak because we're one body. And if we're truly one body, what affects this arm should, have, should matter to this arm. But I want to, I want to, I, I like to use scripture because that's who I am. I love God and I love the, the, the gospels and I love, and so I want to use two scriptures. I want to use, uh, we talked about this uh, last week and we talked about the greatest commandment and, uh, 
the greatest commandment. Uh, this is found in uh, no, not last week, a uh, week before, a couple weeks before, I think. Uh, we talked about it, and we're going to the Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, starting in verse twenty-two, uh, and we're going to do thirty-four through forty. Uh, chap- chapter twenty-two, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, thirty-four to forty. Hearing that, Jesus silenced, him, silenced the Sadducees and Pharisees together. One of them, an expert of the laws, tested him with this question. And I'm reading out of NIV. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first com- greatest commandment. And the second is likened to the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and prophets hang on these two commandments. I'm going to read this again, and then we're going to go to my second scripture that God had to give me. Uh, Matthew, the 22nd chapter, starting the 34th verse, reading to the 40th. Hearing that, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. And then I would like to go to a familiar uh, scripture. Whether you are a Christian or not, if you have been to uh, a wedding, if you have been to Generally, uh, you hear it at weddings, and it's one of the scriptures that, uh, that is read. And it's found in the, uh, excuse me, the 13th chapter of the of First Corinthians. First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And I want to start at the B clause of uh, chapter 12, actually, because it's key to this. And so, uh, and so, if I say pericope. Uh, or pericope, depends on how you want to pronounce it. It means a certain section or passage of scripture. And so part of chapter 13 really begins, that pericope, that pericope, uh, begins on the B clause, the second half of chapter 12, verse 31. And so it reads, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues, in the tongues of men and or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong. I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I spake as I talked as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away, I put the ways of childhood behind me. 
For now we see only in a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Heavenly Father, help us today as we discuss your word, as we begin to just dive into your word and use your word, Father, Lord God, to guide us through the times that we are in now. I pray that you have your way, Lord God, that, that, that everyone that comes onto this, this, this podcast, that clicks on this podcast, that clicks on this video, is blessed and edified in your word and in your name. We pray. Amen. Ah, oh, love. Now, Mike, I started off this 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 podcast, not this podcast, but this episode rather, and I I told you about the famous uh, the the well known theologian, if you will, stated that just be a Christian. None, none really. He basically said nothing else that matters. Just focus on being a Christian. And the the problem is is that. While in a perfect world, that would be the case, we don't live in a perfect world. While in, the, in, in a uh, utopian society, uh, utopian Christian society, that would be the case if we, we truly function as one body. But we are becoming one body. And to, to, to truly become one body, there are certain things that we must correct, that we must address through the gospel, through the, 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 the unction of God's Holy Spirit. We cannot begin to push aside the challenges that our brothers and sisters have and deal with on a daily basis in they, their daily lives as they try to uh, do as, 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 as the gospel say, as Paul teaches us, and to, be, to, to, to live in peace with, 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 with those in the world and to, 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 to do our best to live in peace and unison and, and, and unity. Because there is that we have to realize there are still certain challenges. Let's let's talk about these challenges because a lot of times, and, and this is from my perspective, from my viewpoint, a lot of times when it comes to uh, women and it comes to a Christian, not Christian, when it comes to Christian women and Christian African Americans or Black people, uh, and then if we talk about the intersectionality of Black women, uh, to and so when we get to that, we generally. Always make sure from the pulpit, whether it's from our evangelical uh, brothers and sisters or white Caucasian brothers and sisters or non-black brothers and sisters or non-black uh, non, uh, women uh, sisters, we generally come to the, this group. The, 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 of course, the, 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 the two, the minority class that, that hits two classes of minority, which is black black and women, and then the, uh, just the, the, the black Christian. When we come to them, we often tell them that your primary focus is to be Christian. And we want, this, this, is, the, this is the real truth, this is the real reality, we want to be. But while we want to be, there's something, there's someone always reminding us 
whether it's in the 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 the, the structures and the 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 structures of the society, the foundation of the society, the the, the systems of the society, or whether it is the uh, the systems of our culture, whether it's the systems and the the, the laws of of of, of the land, is something that is always consistently reminding us that we're not just Christian, but that we're black. Or that we're a woman, or that we are that we are minority, and it's something that's reminding us. Now, while I am I'm excited about, I, I, I see why that we're tearing down the the symbolism of, of, of the the Confederate uh, monuments, stuff like that. But that it, while it it takes away the visual reminder, there's still systems in place. Whether it is um, uh, the, the the crime bills of, of, the, of the, the the 90s, or whether it is um, politicians that talk about super predator, or is politicians that 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 that, that redline districts to where that those the people that need the most education. Because if we're saying that education is a tool, we're saying that education is how people uh, to, to to are able to quote unquote. Pull themselves up to the, by their own bootstrap. If you know me, you know I do not like that phrase, but I'm using it to, to as part of this argument. If, if we want them to pull themselves by, up by their own bootstraps, then, but then at the same time we say that one of the ways to do that is, is through the value of education. But when we redline these districts, those schools are the ones that have the least help. Those schools are the ones that have the the, uh, the least funds, and they have the, the, the broken down equipment, and they have the, the, the less... They have less exposure to opportunity. How is it that this that 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 we must ignore what's real? What, what we must we we the, the, the black Christian we or uh, and me being uh, while I am a minority in the sense of, of of race I am in the majority in the sense of gender and so even me that uh, that 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 ignore the fact that that there there are women that that struggle with 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 the, how our society is built and and tell them just focus on being a Christian. It, it it goes back to the fact is that if we if we truly believe that our focus is being a Christian, then our love for our brothers and sisters, as God, as Jesus says, the second greatest commandment is likened to the first. It means it's, it's equal to the first. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. And I, if I am being stabbed. I love myself enough to protect myself from being stabbed. So that means that if I see my brother and sister being stabbed, I, if I'm loving them as I love myself, I love them enough to protect them from being stabbed. Now, if I love myself enough to not to, to turn a blind eye to injustice that are pointed towards me, that I must love my brother and sister enough to, to protect them. Because if you ask, if you if were reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it says that love always protects, I am also going to, and if love, if, if the second greatest commandment given by Jesus, this is not even, we're not even talking about the Old Testament because some people, not going to get into that. That's a different argument for a different day, a different discussion. But if we're talking about what Jesus said in red letters. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 30 says, love always protects. Not sometimes, not when it's convenient, not when it's comfortable. 
always protects. And why wouldn't I protect my brother and sister, regardless of skin color, regardless of gender, from injustices? And then if, I, if, if I'm really talking about protection, that means that protection sometimes must, must be proactive. And it means that I can't wait till they get stabbed to protect them. I have to protect them from the, 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 the threat of stabbing. That means that not only do I, I don't, I should not wait until injustice hits them. But I should be protecting them when I, before the injustice gets to them, that I see the injustice. I should be voting in a way that, 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 that protects my brother and sister. Now, this is for the, for the men, um, my African-American men, my black men. We have to do a better job. And this, I know this seems like a, 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 a hot topic right now. And it may just seem like this is what, this is what popular say. But I, I, I've been reading, uh, thanks to uh, actual uh, Kev on stage, the, the, the comedian uh, and the social media personality. Uh, he was talking about uh, reading an article and reading articles on intersectionality. And that's what got me to, to, to really open my eyes to do some more research. Uh, my next book is uh, I'm reading about uh, color complex. Uh, but and so but what I want to what, I, what I'm saying is that we, we as, as, as black men, as much as as we want black women or we want uh, non minority people to stand up for, for our rights as black people, as black Christians, rather, we must stand up now for the black woman. We must now stand up for the woman, but we must stand up for the black woman that that that, that hits in the place of intersexuality, where they they have their, their their race and their their gender are are doubly discriminated against. They, they meet, and we sometimes brush that aside. And so now I would be, I would be I would be hypocritical if I didn't talk about some of the, some of the things. That 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 we need to stand up for. When we need to stand up for equal rights, we need to. It, even starts in the church where there's there's some there's some uh, uh, reformations there's some some denominations there's some ministries that don't even believe in women preachers and pastors and that that women are allowed to do all the, the the help stuff but they're not allowed to have leadership positions and so just as we call out the the uh, the the multicultural churches or multicultural churches for allowing African Americans and Black people to to play the drums and to to usher and to to uh, to, uh, to to be on the, the praise and worship team, but they're not on any they're not on any boards. It is our requirement. It is ours as as as, as members one uh, as as members of the struggle as partners in the struggle for African Americans. We must now partner with our African American women and women alike to, and minority women to make sure that they are receiving equal rights, that they are receiving equal treatment. That we speak up when even in our black churches and in our quote unquote black churches where you're not seeing women on 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 the the uh, the executive board or women on the uh, the the board of trustees because we live in and because we still have uh, of signs of, uh, of 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 a society that seen that saw women as second class citizens just as as we came from a society where black men were seen as three fifths of a man. We have responsibility, and so I would be hypocritical if I didn't talk about Breonna Taylor. We, we get quiet, we, we, we get loud, we march for George Floyd, and we, and we, we, we march for our, our, Ahmaud Arbery, and we, we march uh, for the, the, the Amy Cooper situation, but we have been too silent about, 
about the, the black and brown girls that have gone missing and that have been murdered, and they they require our, our attention too. Because if we're gonna love, if we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, our sisters, both in Christ and in in, in 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 the struggle, deserve our protection too. Because love always protects. This is scripture. This is not what Coy is saying. This is scripture. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Love always protects. And we cannot say that we love if we're not protecting. We cannot say that we love if we're not standing up to standing up for the cause of our brothers and sisters. Brianna Taylor, for those of you don't know, this this uh, for those of you that don't know what happened is that in Kentucky, uh, there is there was a woman that uh, I want to say Louisville. I want to make sure I'm saying that in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. There was a woman, a EMT. Brianna Taylor, she was at home with her boyfriend, fiance. They were sleeping in their house. Sleep. And the police department had a no-knock warrant because they suspected the drug dealer was uh, was receiving mail there. Now, before this transpired, an hour before that, they already had this drug dealer in custody in jail. No-knock warrant. The police go in there, do not announce themselves. When Brianna Taylor asks who it is, who is it, who is it, and they don't respond, her boyfriend, fiance, now grabs his legally, his legal firearm and lets off what you would say a warning shot. The police then shoot 20 shots into here, killing Brianna Taylor. This was... You could call it an accidental killing, an accidental murder. But killing and shooting somebody and, and, and taking a life, it's not a mistake. It's, it's not a mistake because I, I, me, now I'm speaking as a veteran of the United States Air Force. I've seen people have greater, greater penalty and held, be held to greater accountability for losing a tool and aircraft maintenance, then we are taking, then we're holding police accountable for murdering. Now, now, I don't believe that you need to be a perfect victim. But oftentimes, that's what the media tells us. We have a, we, we need to have a perfect victim. But the media is very, is all, is too quiet about Breonna Taylor. She was, she was studying to be a nurse. She, she had desires to be a nurse. She was working during this COVID, uh, this COVID uh, season or epidemic, uh, a pandemic, and, and she's working and she's sleeping her bed. Her, 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 she is woken up from a no-knock warrant. And not only did what she, they did not find any drugs, not only that neither neither one of them have uh, any any priors, not only did they already have the person in custody, but now the only penalty for this this, this officer is that he is fired. There's, that is not accountability. That's cleaning up your mess. And, and we, we as Christians must get up and speak. I know what the, the theologian said, that we just focus on being Christians. Well, if, we're, if that's true, if we're going to focus on being Christian, that means that we need to focus on building, helping God build his church. That, needs, that means that we need to be focused on, on preaching the gospel. But that also means that, that we preach the gospel of, of reconciliation, that we preach the gospel of justice. That we be concerned about our brother and sister. 
the children of Israel, I'm getting excited, so I want to come down to the children of Israel are crying. This is Exodus. They're crying because they're enslaved. They're crying because they, they, there's no justice for them. And it says that God heard their cry and then he called Moses to free them. It says that God heard their cry and then he called then he called Moses in the wilderness to send them to Egypt to free them. God cares about justice. He cares about the people. And if you're saying that the only thing you need to be focused on is just preaching the gospel, you're missing a key point of the gospel because we are to meant to love each other. We're meant to, 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 to say that, that, that my sister is being, 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 being mistreated. My sister is being mistreated in the church. My, 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 my brother has been mistreated in the streets. My, my sister was, was sleeping in her bed and somebody... somebody broke into her house and they just happened to be police officers but they were criminals and the, the moment that they didn't announce themselves when they asked who it is and you've murdered this person and my my issue is not even so much with them my issue is with the system the systems that we have in place that refuse to hold them accountable the reality of it is that you you're right you may be right you said yes it's not all police that are bad you are correct in the, the grand scheme of things, it's not just the bad police. It's the system that, uh, that, 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 that perpetuate the cycle of allowing bad police, of allowing them to, to, to be in the, the, this unit with, with poor training and, and without any accountability for their actions. And we just have this uh this blanket of, 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 of immunity for them. And it's not fair because... Because imagine being a taxpaying citizen and dying at the hands of the of the of, of what you're saying that the person that you that you're paying your taxes to help protect you. I'm not saying that oh yeah you pay your salary in a, in a disrespectful or arrogant way, but you're they're contributing to the murder of their own of themselves. They are literally paying to be murdered. And with with with. What grinds my gears, if you will, is as, as this theologian says that, that, that we, we cannot correct past sin. That is wrong. We can't hold today's people accountable for the sins of the past. But we can hold today's people accountable for helping to, to correct the residue of the sins of the past. The residue of the sins of the past. We, 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 can, we, we can, as Christians, begin to speak and write to our politicians, begin to speak and, and write to our councilmen, to our, our, and to our city councils, and to our, our zoning commission, and the school boards. And we, we can, we can speak, speak truth to power and say that you need to correct this. These red lines of the district, the high interest rates for African American and minority and, and poor people uh, uh, or those that are poor, less fortunate, or low social economic status, the high interest rates for, 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 for loans and they can't for home loans and business loans, so they can't pull themselves out. You said that that you that we should pull ourselves up by our own bootstrap, that it takes hard work. What happens when the hard work is not enough? We concern ourselves with everything else. We concern ourselves with the injustice overseas. We concern and it what scares me, what, 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 what boggles my mind is that 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 that, that this president 
came out with in his, his inauguration, uh, his inauguration speech was America first, America first. But are we not Americans? Are African-American and, and, and women not Americans? Are African-American women or black women not Americans? Do they not deserve justice? Do they not deserve fair treatment? Do they not deserve fair uh, fair opportunities? Do they not deserve these things? We, we as the church have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters. We have a responsibility to love. That's what God said. That's what Jesus said. Love their neighbor as you love yourself. And you cannot say that you're loving your neighbor and you're watching injustice. You can't say that you love your sister and you're watching them, them going through a, them being, 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 being brutalized and, and raped in and, and, and your community. I'm, I'm speaking to my community now. You you cannot watch in, in, in your community that there's a man that 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 that, that captures a, a a protester after he he he, he shares that, that after he shares after she shares rather that she had that she had previously been assaulted sexually assaulted and she shares and and he offers her a place to stay knowing that she was in a, in in a bad way and then you do the same thing and you murder her you disgust me i'm watching as as as, as black men throw up black men and there's not one black man that says anything to to, to get to throw another black woman into the trash can and then you have the nerve to march and ask for justice you can do that but we must speak up we must speak up and we must stop being, 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 being bystanders to, to assault of our own women. And at the same time, we need our Christian brothers that, are, that do not look like this. We need our Christian sisters that do not look like us to speak up to the injustices that are happening. And stop saying that to, to forgive and forget. We can forgive, but the, as I said last week, America must repent. And repent means to change your ways. If you're going to tell me that, because we like to say that America is not a Christian nation, but that's not what we speak. That's not what the Republican Party says. That's not what the Conservative Party says. That that we are that we, that we we should be living as for Christ. If that is the case, that means we we re, that Christ requires repentance. And so to tell me that my that that to tell tell me that, that I need to just let everything else go and just focus on being Christian, that is true. That would be perfect in a in a perfect world in the in a uh, utopian Christian society. But we do not live in a utopian Christian society. So we we like Moses. Some of us are called to improve the status of the the church and the church and the the, the status of the church. Uh, we because we are we are are in this world, in this society, in America, we have a requirement to be concerned about what's going wrong with our brothers and sisters. One day I'm going to have a little calm podcast. Uh, one day I'm not going to be spooled up, but we have a requirement. With all due respect to this theologian, we have a requirement to love. Prophecies will fade away, but love endures. These three, three, these three things, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And maybe the problem is that we don't love ourselves enough to, to speak out about injustices. But I can't be quiet anymore. I held my tongue and I was quiet for roughly 10 years in the Air Force and the military and didn't say anything. 
and I can't be quiet anymore. I can't, I can't hold it in anymore. We do have a requirement as Christians to live as Christian men and women. But part of that requirement is to speak out and protect those, our brothers and sisters that are being brutally murdered, that are being discriminated against, and to speak out about systems that perpetuate the cycle of, 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 of racism, that perpetuate the cycle of sexism, that perpetuate the cycle of, 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 of discrimination. And we know that God cares about his people that are crying. I can go through scriptures and show you that he cares. I can, t- I can show you. We can, I can take you to Moses. But I can also take you to, 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 to Lazarus and, and Mary and Martha. And, and when he sees their suffering, Jesus weeps. Because he is concerned about the suffering of his people. And if you're not concerned about the suffering of God's people, how can you say that you're living as a Christian? We have a requirement to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And then we move over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it shows us and teaches us what love is. Love protects. Love is long-suffering. Love does not keep a record of wrongdoing. Love protects. So to my non-minority, my non-black, my non-brown, brothers and sisters in Christ we have an obligation to our brothers and sisters to speak up to my Christian men that are my brothers we have a responsibility to speak up against the injustices that are being led against our sisters we have a responsibility to protect them not because you may view them as the, the weaker species. That's how you view them. But we need to talk about that too. Because God said to love them. And loving is protecting, is speaking up against injustices. I don't care that you fight. If you are only fighting injustices about racism and not considering sexism, you're still only doing a part of the work and you have to speak up. This is not going to be popular. This is not about any hot topic moment. But we, we, we have a responsibility and this is more responsibility that we have and there's more things that we have to talk about. But we have a responsibility. And we must fulfill our responsibilities. It is our responsibility as Christians 
I had I, I saw a post from a friend that said that people keep on speaking, quoting Martin Luther King as if he is the the standard, but Jesus Christ is the standard. And they said it. I know the person's heart, but uh, I know what they were trying to do is to try to bring focus back to Christ. And even with that purpose, if we bring the focus back to Christ, this is what Christ told us to do, to love. And then Paul comes around in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and speaks and shows what love is. Love protects. And we owe it. I'm a black man. I'm a Christian first, very much so. But I cannot help the fact that even amongst other Christians, the first thing they see before they even look and observe that I'm a Christian, they see that I'm a black man. And that, that sometimes before they notice that my sister is a Christian, before they even allow themselves to, to, to examine the fruit of my sister, they see that she's a black woman or that she's a woman. And we have a responsibility. Even in the church, we have a responsibility to speak up. God heard the cries of Israel. If we are the body of Christ, if we are the body of Christ, are we, hearing, are we now hearing the cries of his people? We have that responsibility to make sure that when we hear the cry, we seek God's face to have him call us out, even as Moses was called out. Even as, if you look in the book of Judges, even as he called the judges out, as his people cried for help. Even in Babylon, as he cried, as they cried for help, he heard their cries. We have a responsibility to love. And love does not ignore. Love does not turn a blind, blind eye. Love is concerned about their brothers and sisters. I pray that this has been a blessing. I pray it has. Uh, we have responsibility. We, the body of Christ, has a responsibility. We have to lift up our brothers and sisters. We have to fight for our brothers and sisters and demand justice and be like the persistent widow. Pray without ceasing. We need to, to pray that God gives us the guidance of our voting. We need to pray that God gives us the, 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 the wisdom and, and, and direction about what stances to take. I think I want to talk about God's will next weekend because oftentimes we believe that because we are Christian that God thinks how we think and it couldn't be further from the truth because we we still have this flesh on we still have this carnal nature on and it's always going to be at enmity with the spirit and so we always have to pray against our own flesh because our flesh is weak. So we need to concern ourselves about things of Christ. 
Until next week. God bless you. God love you. And remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. God bless.